0: Welcome back to Create Space, a podcast that finds joy in the art of storytelling. And today we have the, arguably the story of all stories to talk about. We have the fairy tale to end all fairy tales. We have what could be considered the end game, right? So you guessed it. If you haven't gotten there yet, we are talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And we have a lot to unpack on this episode. But I have a friend here to help me. This is... Caitlin Benecke, and she is going to talk to us about – she's going to help us get to the bottom of this obsession, okay, because there is some thing going on that has made our entire – I was going to say country, but our entire world collectively root for this romance. So if you're wondering why Caitlin, yes, she's in a Swifty sweatshirt. But there is so much more than that. She is um, the most diehard Swifty I have ever met, um, <laughs> arguably. Uh, maybe the most in the world, although I don't know on that, but definitely the the biggest Swifty that I've ever met, and I've known that about her for years. Um, and also happens to be a marketing communications professional. Mm-hmm. So, so, really, you know, Create Space is about storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. It's about how stories can be impactful on our community, on the way that we relate to one another, on all these things. So, one part of it is we're just going to have a whole heck of a lot of fun today talking yeah. about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and probably <laughs> probably squealing a lot. But at the same time, though, I really am genuinely curious why this obsession has caught hold like it has. So I think your perspective as a Swiftie and your perspective as somebody who understands, like, branding and mm-hmm. reputation and how those yeah. things um, can be both an album and also a branding strategy yeah. can go together. Yeah. Okay? So – First of all, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and before we even get into it, will you, you know, I just said you're a diehard Swifty, but they uh-huh. may not believe me. So will yeah, you tell <laughs> us why you are uniquely qualified to discuss this very intense topic with okay.
1: us? I will run down my resume for you. Start from the beginning. Let's do this. <clears throat> okay, From the beginning, I've been a fan of Taylor Swift since I was in middle school. And I guess to put that in perspective, I'm 27. Taylor is. Almost thirty-four, and um, she released her debut Taylor Swift album um, back in—I don't—I rem- can't even do the math on that. But That's I was okay. in like seventh grade when I heard Tim McGraw for the first time, um, and I remember sitting in my bedroom at my mom's house and listening to this song on repeat. And then <laughs> now, if I go back through my Facebook, where you can go through your like time hop and memories. I, every single time I'm back there, like 13, 14 years ago, I'm quoting Taylor Swift lyrics still back then on Facebook. I love that. And so since then, been a huge fan, and then she went on her Fearless tour, and that was the first time that I got to see her in concert. Um, my mom and I had made it a tradition to go see her after that, so we saw her at um, what is now the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City—that's okay. where Fearless was. Yes. Okay. It had come to Wichita, I believe, but we saw her in Kansas City and then saw her in Kansas City again in for her Speak Now tour and at Arrowhead Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, as you know, the Aeros tour is filling the entire stadium. The Speak Now tour was only half of the stadium. Really? Yeah. It felt a lot bigger then, but it was only half the stadium. But moving on, I'm. Rabbit holing. That's okay. Uh, but then um, we saw her on her Red Tour at in Trust Bank Arena, and I got to meet her. You did? I did. So I don't think I knew that, or yeah. maybe I
0: did. You have a picture with her, right? I do have a picture. Okay, I think and I she, have seen that.
1: She towers me. She's five eleven, and <laughs> I'm five foot. And she was in heels, and she was so kind. Um, and got to meet her there at Interest Bank Arena. Then we went and saw her in St. Louis for her 1989 tour. And then on my 22nd birthday, which is important because of the song 22, right? on my actual birthday, my brother and I went and saw her in Denver for her Reputation Stadium tour. And then she didn't get to tour for Lover or Folklore or Evermore. And once Midnight's came out, that's when she came out with the Heiress tour. And I, um, five days before the concert, I had already made peace with not going. Um, Because I have seen her so many times, Mm -hmm. and
0: those tickets were
1: insane. Yes, they were insane. But I was really fortunate that five days before, um, a friend of my mom's knew somebody selling them, selling one ticket for face value, and she texted me and said, "Do you want this?" And I started crying, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I I called my husband and I said, "Hey, Um, so I've been offered the opportunity to go to Taylor, but there's only one ticket, so I will be going. It would just be by myself." He said, "Are you wanting my permission?" I said, "Well, no. I'm just <laughs> I'm just like just running informing. it by just running it by you that I I think I'm going to do it." He said, "Okay." So, I drove up to Arrowhead Stadium by myself, and that was when she was the day she was releasing her Speak Now Taylor's version and saw Taylor Lautner come out there and all of, I mean, it was just crazy. So, I've got a wide array of seeing Taylor in person. Yeah, and so if
0: you were at Arrowhead, uh-huh. Were you at the one that Travis was at? No, he was there the
1: night after. A different, okay. I know, I I I was thinking about that because my seats were very close in proximity to where like the players hang out in their suites and like where Brittany and Patrick were at for the tour or Mm -hmm. for the concert, which I think they were there the night that I was there. I'm not 100% sure, but I think they were. And then Travis was there the next night.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. I remember seeing a video that you had posted on, like, Instagram or something um, of when she first came out, but it was, like, of your
1: face? Yeah, because everybody had already been posting the videos of her coming out. I had already seen them all over TikTok, and so I knew everybody already knew what was happening when it was opening, and I didn't have anybody that I knew there to experience it with because normally it's my mom or... It was my brother at one point, And so I can like let my emotions out around them. So yeah. I didn't have anybody to do that with. So I took a video to send to my mom and my husband of her coming out, even though I've already seen this before on TikTok, still her coming out made me like overwhelmed with emotion. And even when I, I, I saw the movie, it. It, really, it, oh, I was I was crying more when <laughs> I was watching the movie with my mom yesterday. <laughs>
0: Just yesterday.
1: Just yesterday. (laughs) Why were you crying more during the movie, do you think? Well, I think it was, and she cut songs out in the movie for time's sake, but, you know, I was so excited to get see this with my mom because I know she was bummed that she didn't get to actually go to the concert with me Mm -hmm. because it has been a tradition of ours um, because my mom is a Swifty by extension. Right. And um, so to get to go and see that movie with her to relive, how I know I was feeling at the concert by myself,
2: mm-hmm. but then
1: to be with my mom and to be going through—it's gonna—it like gives me goosebumps right now. But <laughs> to like know that this is a tradition of ours and something that we love and share, uh, you know, a hobby if you will, right? Of right. loving Taylor Swift and to go through all of these eras where Taylor's at now and being able to relive the fact that we saw her at Interest Bank Arena. And now you would never see her at Interest Bank Arena because she is so massive. So to relive all of those experiences um, with my mom now when I'm, you know, 27. And um, back then we were just talking about 10-year-olds being too cool, you know, (laughs) around people. And, you know, back then I'm like, oh, mom, don't embarrass me. And my mom's like screaming like because we were able to run up and see Taylor when I was watching the Fearless tour because she was coming down the aisle. of the uh, arena. And so to now look back and we're the only ones in the theater singing loud together, like in the middle of the theater. Yeah, it was just kind of a full circle moment to be able to experience this and then see the success of Taylor Swift throughout the years. It's just really, really cool. I
0: think, you know, and we'll talk more about this, but I think that is a lot of the crux of why we're so in love with it because so many of us, myself included, I'm I'm, like we were talking about this off air, but I'm about two and a half, almost three years older Mm -hmm. than Taylor and you're a few years younger than Taylor. Mm -hmm. So in different ways, but we both grew up with her and there's a whole generation of girls and with how long she's been popular, even younger girls feel Mm -hmm. like they're growing up with her in a different way. But especially for those of us in our 10 ish year age range Mm -hmm. that can very much relate to every single thing she was feeling as she grew up and relate in our non celebrity way. But all of that. And for you to also have the integration of it being a relationship thing with your mom, Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of emotion there even before we bring in Travis Kelsey, right? Like even before he's there. Yes. So, okay. So before we get back into the Travis, uh, I almost said Travis Swift. Um, Not yet, (laughs) maybe soon. (laughs) Um, Tell me about briefly, uh, just because I want to make sure we get this part out there, too, is tell me a little bit about your marketing communications experience. You know, obviously, you're a graduate of the Elliott School. Tell me about your career in that regard before we get into everything else. Yeah,
1: so once I graduated from the Elliott School, I went on to be marketing and development director for the local Ronald McDonald House in Wichita. Um, and then I left there after a year and a half or so and went and worked for my family's business, helping with some operations stuff, but also helping in uh, marketing communications and employee engagement areas, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to try and venture off and find something else and kind of, I guess, hone in and um, enhance my communications background um, and as I was, you know, thinking about where I want to work and what I've loved most about different aspects of jobs, it's funny because I remember in grad school um, going back and forth on whether I was going to do a project thesis or comprehensive exams. Right. And I remember saying I was going to do a thesis and the chair of my committee was like, no, you're doing a project. And so now to think through the things that I've loved most about different aspects of jobs has been the writing part of it. Gotcha. Okay. And the creative process of writing like annual appeals for Ronald McDonald House and going through that and designing the letter for that, but really the writing portion of it. And so now I am um, an internal communication specialist for IMA Financial Group. Oh, very cool. In okay. town. Yeah. And so um, it's uh, I've never worked for a big corporation before um, and I'm loving it. Yeah. i um, just they're still they're getting larger there's about 3000 employees across the country and you know part of my role or a big part of it is writing pieces to put on the internal website for employees but then also sending out and developing the newsletter that goes out biweekly to all 3000 employees across the country Oh wow Yeah so um, but because they're growing so fast but they still have like an entrepreneurial spirit to them too and how they treat their employees and very modern in their approach to, um, like employees mental health and trying to make sure that that's prioritized just as much as getting your work done too. So that's been really positive experience for me. I've been there for about a month now.
0: Okay. I was going to ask because I did not know that about you (laughs) until right now. That
1: was a new thing because technically it's like temporary. I'm filling in for somebody on maternity leave, Ah, okay. but through my interview, they've been very impressed and impressed with my work and all of that that I've produced in the month that I've been there and said that I haven't skipped a beat that feels like I've just like hopped right in and they haven't missed anything on their work um with the other internal communication specialists being out but I'm positive and hopeful that it turns permanent because it's like six months temporary gotcha at the moment but they're making it seem like it's going to be a pretty uh pretty certain that it could become permanent. Good. Oh, that's so exciting. Yes. So I'm doing a lot, a lot of writing. I mean, that's primarily the job is writing pieces on employees and um, just really promoting the employee experience within the company. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that's
0: perfect. I mean, in all of the ways you are telling stories, like in every from the moment you stepped foot in the Elliott School till Mm -hmm. now, you fully understand how humans and the human element Sells a story, which is yes. kind of exactly what we're talking about. So, the way that this podcast episode got started, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to, I had kicked around the idea of doing a, an episode a, about this, and I thought, no, I'm not going to because, like, I'm not a diehard Swifty. Like, we were talking off air that I was for the debut album, like, I was very mm-hmm. much into Teardrops on My Guitar and Tim McGraw and our song and all of those. Yeah. And then I just sort of fell off and didn't listen to her music for a long time. Um, always liked her, always knew the hits, always sing along, you know, whatever, but was not a Swifty, never seen her live. So I thought, I don't have anything to offer this conversation that hasn't already been offered. And I still sort of maybe maintain that's true. <laughs> but that's why I brought you here. But uh, but what happened was I posted on my Instagram story um, something – I actually wrote down exactly what I said so I'd get it right. Um, this was, of course, like this was earlier this week. So right after the Karma is the guy on the Chiefs, right? Yeah. And, and I wrote and I said, why, like, someone tell me, why am I literally tearing up at seeing these videos about TK and Taylor? Like, why am huh. I so invested? And I said, I was like, there's got to be a psychological or a communication theory or something that explains why we've all agreed to collectively live out this fairy tale together. And so it was interesting because I got a lot of, like, interesting comments back. And I'm going to read some of them and like discuss some of them with you, Caitlin. Yeah. Um, but before that, what happened was the, fr- the first thing that happened was you just liked the story. Yeah. And I immediately <laughs> wrote back and I was like, I was waiting on you to respond because I knew you would because, again, you're the Swifty in my life. Uh. And then you wrote something. I can't remember what you wrote. But at, at some point, yeah, we started kind of talking about it. And I think you even joked about like if you did a podcast episode on this, like I would totally nerd out <laughs> over it. And So then I said to you like I was thinking about it. I actually was thinking about it from the storytelling perspective, but I just don't know. Da, 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 da. And then within maybe 5 minutes of chatting, I was like, "Okay, we're doing this. Can you come in in like 2 days?" Like,
1: and
0: and and it happened and we're here and yeah. and whatever. So um so we're going to like I said, we're going to break down some of the comments I got back on Instagram. I've got some TikTok videos that have been going around that we're going to discuss. But can you start out just by telling us from your perspective and your thoughts and opinions, in a general sense, why has this relationship become such a big deal? Like, why are we tearing up at videos of her cheering for him at Arrowhead and videos of her running into his his arms? I mean, we've seen celebrities kiss before. Like, why did that kiss in Argentina literally make me ball?
1: Tell me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What is going on?
1: I feel like from the Swifty perspective... You know, and I mean, I think that everybody saw everything and has their opinions on her love life, but I think that from the Swifties perspective, we've seen her date all of these different artists and different variations of musicians and actors and such, but we've never seen her with an athlete, which I can even go further into because I found out some information about her dad. And yeah, so I think that there's that component that we've never seen her with an athlete and like switching... Her switching over, in a sense, to somebody that's outside of her realm, essentially, Mm -hmm. but is still incredibly successful um, for Swifties has been kind of refreshing because it doesn't feel like she's having to compete for attention with somebody else. But in that same sense, Travis, I think, being an athlete and knowing how big he – I mean, he was already really big, and so was his brother Jason. But when they went to the Super Bowl when the Chiefs did back in February, um, they blew up in the sense that, you know, how down-to-earth his mother was and, I mean, just how much you can see how they love their family and they're so close with their family. Mm -hmm. You can just tell that he comes from good roots, and you can tell the kind of gentleman that he's going to be, and you see that. I mean, you saw that from the moment that she runs up for the kiss. He stands there with his hands behind his back right, waiting for her to initiate whatever she feels comfortable doing, knowing that they're now out in the open. Right. And he was going to let her do whatever she felt comfortable doing in that moment, whether that's just walking back or running up and kissing him. So I think that for Swifties, I think that that is why people have become so obsessed. But in you know addition to that, I think that – because of the Eras tour and the popularity of the concert and how incredible of an entertainer she is, it's piqued a lot of other people's interests and attention mm-hmm. in Taylor Swift herself. And so there's been a lot of additional Swifties in that. Um, but then now you're adding sports fans into it and um, with the Chiefs. And for me, I think coming from the side of also being a Chiefs fan – Um, I was going to
0: ask that. I wasn't for sure if you were like a football fan, Chiefs fan. Like, I wasn't sure if you were as diehard
1: there too. I used to not be, but my husband and I, we've been together. We've been married a year, but together for almost 10 years. (laughs) And so 10 years ago, he's a huge Chiefs fan. Him and his family are, and all of our friends are huge Chiefs fans. Um, And I wasn't really. Um, grew up with family being, like, Broncos fans, but I never, like, watched football, but I just, like, self-proclaimed Broncos fan, I guess. Yeah. And so then, you know, going to Chiefs games and watching Chiefs games, it kind of made me into a Chiefs fan. And now that's, you know, we're always doing fantasy football. When Chiefs are on, that is what we're doing, whether it's with our friends and their family watching the Chiefs or we're at home watching the Chiefs, which is where we were sitting when she was first seen at the Chiefs game. Um, But being a big Chiefs fan and everything, I feel like, I don't know if this is how it is for all NFL teams and their fans, but it feels like the Chiefs being in Kansas and Missouri, it just feels like they're so good about putting themselves out into the community and making them very, very humanized. Mm -hmm. You know, we know celebrities. it, It feels hard to believe that they do, like, normal, regular human things. Um, So to know that they put themselves out there like that and they're just kind of seen that way in general as being like really big family guys and helping the community and really down to earth and they're seen walking around Kansas City, all of these different things. Um, I think that it makes them feel more like family too. Yeah. And so – um, I think that kind of adds to the aspect of it feels like Travis Kelsey's a part of the family, and now he's dating Taylor Swift, and so she's a part of
0: the family. So she's
1: a part of the family, <laughs> <laughs> basically related. It's true. It,
0: yeah, hundred percent. We're yeah. probably going to Christmas with her this year. Probably no
1: big deal. It's fine. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, a lot of what you said is honestly a lot of the things that people. Kind of said back to me like uh-huh. on Instagram and stuff, and also just beyond that, pe- other things that people have yeah. written. Um There was something that I saw. I think it was on TikTok of somebody from Kansas City who was a, a Chiefs fan, and they mm-hmm. were saying it was like you know a call to all Swifties. Like mm-hmm. I need to tell you how we treat celebrities in Kansas City because mm-hmm. um, they were exactly what you said. They were like you know Travis and and all the other players are seen out. We don't accost them. We don't necessarily always ask for pictures. We so don't Midwest whatever.
1: hospitality, baby. Right, right. Yeah. And that,
0: that's what they were saying. Like, if Taylor starts showing up a lot in our area, you all need to live by the way that we have been, yes. <laughs> been treating them, yeah. which I thought was funny. So it's yeah. funny that you brought that up. Um, okay, so here's one. So one person said, I grew up a Swifty and I've always been dying to see her, find her happy ending. Travis mm-hmm. is uh, seems to be really good for her and goofy and perfect for our girl. And I just love that – she says our girl. Like, I mean, that's yeah. that's the way her fans see her, right?
1: It, it is. Feels like our girl. But I think it is reciprocated because of, you know, when she was releasing her debut album and Fearless album and Speak Now albums, I don't – she wasn't doing Easter eggs. And if you're – I mean, I'm sure that you have heard East, the term Easter eggs at this point if even if you're not a Swifty. But it wasn't until like Red and maybe a little bit of 1989 that fans started like – noticing some patterns within her albums. And it started out from what I believe is her track five songs, that her track five song was always her most personal and emotional song. And I didn't know that. And so people would get, you know, she would like really kind of divulge a lot of information, so to speak, through her track five. I mean the whole album, but track five typically was the most personal. Um, And so, and all too well is track five on red and so that's kind of how that started, and she caught on to that. I mean, she sees everything fans see, and she makes sure that they know that. I mean, at her Eras tour, um, when she was announcing 1989 Taylor's version, she saw everybody talking about how, oh my gosh, what if she came out in all blue outfits for the whole concert? And so she started showing up in blue outfits, and when she came out in a new 1989 blue outfit for that era of the concert... Everybody freaked out, and they knew that she was announcing it that night because of that. Yeah. Um, so she really listens to her fans. She looks into the she looks at the theories mm-hmm. people are putting out there, and she plays along with it. And she makes it not just putting out songs for us to listen to. She makes it an entire experience for Swifties to you know. Now everybody's speculating Win's reputation and debut Taylor's version coming out because now it's all she has left to put out is her reputation and her name. Right, And that's it. And so everybody's kind of speculating that. So she brings the fans along for the ride and doesn't just see fans as people who are buying her records and her making money off of them. She makes it a whole experience for them. And she says at her concert, like the Eras tour was meant for the fans. Yeah. I mean, that's how the whole thing was developed. And you can see that in the visuals at the concert, too.
0: Yeah. she. Very, I mean, I've heard interviews and things where she talks about her fans mm-hmm. and she really does seem very genuinely grateful in yeah. a way that a lot of you don't see with a lot of celebrity. Yeah. You know that she really stays grounded in the fact that this is what she always wanted mm-hmm. and she has it and she's mm-hmm. never taking that for granted. And yes. I think that that's really, really cool. Yes. Um, I think you'll like this one. This is another one. Let's see. Where is it? Ah, this one says uh, it feels like it's all coming back to where it began for Taylor, the hometown football player dating because it's late in your mama don't know. Yeah. circa Two thousand six, <laughs> Taylor, right? Yes. Um, so that one was from my friend Ellen. You know Ellen, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she wrote that one, and that one got me because, like I said, that's when I started listening to her. Yeah. Um, and so I thought I thought I hadn't considered that part of it, but yeah, I could see that too.
1: It does feel like it's coming back around and back to my point that i said i'd mention about her dad is seeing taylor's dad and travis at the concert together Mm -hmm. was really cool because i'm telling my husband like oh i bet that he just loves hanging out with travis because he definitely seems like a guy's guy like sports guy wants to talk about all things sports um but I don't know if that's how the other guys have been in her life, right. necessarily. Um, not that they ha- there hasn't been good guys in her life, but you know this one seems to have stuck, and you can tell that there's some sort of a connection between Travis and her dad, and there is because come to find out, not only are they Eagles fans, the Swims right, are right. obviously cause they're from Pennsylvania, but Travis or Taylor's dad um, played college football. Oh, okay. I think yeah. I did hear that on the New Heights podcast, actually. And, I think. Yes, he was an offensive lineman. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you didn't hear the New Heights podcast, the Taylor section that I only skipped to. Same. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to some of the other parts, but that part in particular I was excited for for this one. And um, Yeah, Travis had said that her dad was a football player, so no wonder cool. it clicks and connects. And so then that kind of comes full circle for her. I mean, she literally talks about how she's an Eagles fan in one of her songs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for that to come full circle, for all of those dots to connect and her to find somebody who is similar to your dad, you know, psychologists say that you find a partner who's similar to like the, to to one of your parents or somebody that you were close to or have similar characteristics to important people in your life. Right, right. Um, So then for her to find Travis, who is a football player and her dad was a football player and just makes sense. It makes sense. Oh <laughs> yeah.
0: okay, I'm gonna play a sound bite that I have okay. for you. This is um, from one of my colleagues who works here on campus. Her name's Jenny Venn and she uh, is um, a graphic designer. so mm-hmm. she runs her own uh, she's a creative director for her own firm and then she's also an adjunct faculty in the School of Art and Design. So uh, I asked her, she and I, she had also kind of responded to my Instagram story and I had told her we were doing a podcast about it and everything. And so I asked her to send a little soundbite just telling us um, what she thought about it because she told me that over the past, you know, couple of weeks, few weeks, however long it's been now, um, her and her class have mm-hmm. been like talking about the the branding uh, yeah. standpoint of it. And, you know, she's like, there are some students that look at it as a PR relationship um, which I don't think it is, but mm-hmm. obviously they are re- they are releasing the relationship to the public in a very PR-oriented way. That's mm-hmm. You can't really deny that. Yeah. Um, so let's listen to what she had to say, and then we'll chat about it.
2: Okay, so here's my hot take on Swellsy, which is what my students and I are now calling the brand that is Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. So you have two brands that individually are strong as heck that are also – in really good timing with the public. Taylor Swift being on the Ares tour, Travis Kelsey having just won a Super Bowl. So not only, right, do we have these two really strong brands, we also have individuals that are in the media right now currently as it is. So then they start dating, and it becomes the world's biggest brand collab that we've seen in a long time. And the interesting thing is, is both of these brands are rooted in kindness and uh, realism, right? They're real people, real humans that we can get behind. And we always want good, real humans to win. And we also can never argue with love. Love is always a huge hook. So all of that is just a perfect storm with these two massive brands that are people. Then they start dating. And the interesting interesting thing that happens is each of their brands start helping to elevate the other brand, just like you would see in a brand collab. So you have Taylor Swift showing up at football games, and she's helping elevate the Travis Kelsey brand through her brand. Then you have Travis Kelsey showing up at her concert, helping elevate her brand or talking about her on his podcast. So in addition to all of this, during this entire time, Because both of them are already in the media. They get this insane amount of earned media. So everyone's Facebook feeds, everyone's social media timelines are all Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And that's all we're seeing. But I really think that they have the best PR teams on earth. Because they got out ahead of everything. And decided that they're going to be the ones that tell the story and set the parameters of this relationship. Because if they hadn't, even a few days later, the media just would have ran with it. But using the earned media that they were already receiving, they jumped on it and they told the story their way. So it really is just the world's largest brand collab that we're now seeing play out in real time. And it's real humans, it's real brands that we identify with and we want them to win. And we want them to have love just like we want to have love. Right. So nothing can be argued with. And it's just a perfect storm of timing and who they are. And now we just have this massive brand collab on our hands with multiple names. But as far as my students and I are concerned, Swell is the winner. That's all. (laughs) So
0: what what do you think about? About that, what she had to say. Any thoughts on the topic?
1: I mean, I think that's a really good way to put it. You know, the, to the folks out there who think it's purely PR, all I have to say is what <laughs> – it kind of sounds harsh, but what would she have to gain out of dating a Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs player? Right. What would she get out of that? Yeah. I mean, she already is now a billionaire. She's already met that status. Right. She's – going to continue growing because of her tour going through 2024 and maybe potentially adding dates in 2025. I mean, there's nothing that she would gain in a sense by dating a Chiefs player and also why would she go after a Chiefs player specifically if it was like for PR. Right. Go for <laughs> an Eagles player. Yeah. Go for an Eagles player or go for somebody in LA or New York or something like that. You know, I think that What hooked her was the fact that Travis wasn't afraid to put himself out there in a way that uh, related to her fans, which she appreciates, you know, through the friendship bracelets Mm -hmm. and everything. And he wasn't afraid to do that. And then he's a gentleman and treats her well and isn't afraid to, you know, be out in public with her. He celebrates his love with her in the face of the public and isn't afraid of the attention that's coming along with it, negative and positive. Um, so all that to say there's really nothing to gain for that Versus, You know, if you think of a brand collab with like TikTok influencers and everything, they've got a lot more to gain from something like that. I think of like makeup artists and stuff. That's mm-hmm. what's on my feed. And um, I mean the, the makeup artists that have like a million followers or something like that. That's going to draw more attention and you see things sell out. Taylor Swift's already sold out all of her shows <laughs> bef- well well before Travis came along. Right. I mean, Ticketmaster's breaking every single time she releases new dates. So mm-hmm. there's really nothing to gain for that. And also, what would the Chiefs need out of that? Right. At this point now, it's being more – it's drawing more negative attention because so many sports fans are now getting a little bit frustrated that – that's all that they talk about, mm-hmm. and that's all that they show, and they show her so many times where there's plenty of other celebrities at different games that they hardly show, and I I get it. Believe me, I get it, but, I mean, there's just nothing to gain for from a business perspective necessarily that they didn't already have, Right. if that makes sense. It does. It does. To me, I think it's an interesting point because I, I'm
0: with you 100%. I don't think there's any chance – at least with what I have heard and what I know, I don't think there's any chance that it was like two of their PR agents saying, hey, you two should meet and see what happens here. Yeah. I think I do think that in the same way that a non-celebrity like ourselves would, when you start dating somebody, you decide mm-hmm. how and when you want your friends and family to find out about it. Exactly. And in their life their friends and family also includes a whole world of fans, mm-hmm. right? And so, and she's been on interviews talking about how she understands that when somebody comes into her life, they will have to literally be, as she put it, in the fishbowl with her, right? Yes. And yeah. she understands the weight of that. And yes. so, the fact that they approached it gracefully and approached it intentionally in terms of how they launched it mm-hmm. does not make it fake to me. It makes Correct. them adult. Yes. <laughs> it makes them thinking <laughs> yes. about, you know. So I do have to ask you this question. Um, I feel like I know where I lean on this. To me, it seems like the friendship bracelet was their way of soft launching it and that probably they'd been dating quite a bit longer than that. Mm -hmm. Do you think I have no evidence to back that up? But do you think that? What do you think?
1: Listen, the little empath in me and the fantasy and love and all of that type of girl in me wants to believe that they've been dating longer. Um, but realistically, I would, I, I believe that he saw her at the concert, wanted to give her a bracelet with her number on it. And because he was so open to talking about it, I think that you can tell like when he talked about it then is very different to the next episode that he Uh, talked about it. And he was like, I'm not really going to talk about Taylor anymore. That's a good point. I hadn't considered that. So maybe it has only, because
0: I guess the part that makes me feel like it's been going on for longer is like it feels like she's so open about it. But, yes. I mean, when you get to a certain age, you've dated enough people. When you know, you know, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she knows yeah. what she doesn't like and then he does too. So. Well, and I
1: think that the personalities just like absolutely mesh going back to, you know, how successful they both are and them not being in the same realm of competition. You know, he's successful on his own, loves to be in the public, loves to be goofy and fun and... Um, and all of these things that um that I think really compliment her because that mm-hmm. is how she is too. And I mean that's what her song Bejeweled is about is how she wanted to um she hated kind of being put on not the back burner to say, but she hated feeling like she couldn't go out in the public because her ex wasn't really one that wanted to show her off in public. Right. Right. Um not to say I can't speak for him, but like, almost in a way that he was threatened by that attention. Yeah. And he'd always rush her to the car and, like, hide her without get her in the car. Joe? Or yes. Yeah. Okay. Joe Making Owen. sure I had the right yes. X there. And Travis, on the other hand, is like, hey, babe, get out of the car. Let me hold your yeah. waist and walk you in and walk out with a red lipstick on my nose a little <laughs> bit. And all of these things that he's not shy about any yeah. of that. And so now she does get to be bejeweled. And um, I love that. And gets to be out there and and shine and sparkle like she loves to um, because she couldn't for so long. And, you know, when Joe and her were together, they were together primarily in the midst of COVID. COVID, right. So they really couldn't go out. And, you know, her mom had health issues. So she was really, really cautious about the people that she was around and wearing masks and close quarters and all of these things. So um, she didn't really have the opportunity to go out as much. And then now when she can... And then that kind of becomes a problem when she's in the public eye. Whereas with Travis, he's not seeing it as that. He's seeing it as like, I mean, he said it like everybody loves Taylor and for good reason. Yeah. You know, she's a good person and um, does all these things for her fans and just likes to have a good time. So
0: Yeah, there was a really cute moment on the New Heights podcast when uh – Jason said, like, oh, you know, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. And Travis said, what makes you think I don't want to talk about he's it? He's like,
1: you've literally said you don't <laughs> yeah. want to
0: talk about it. True. And I can't remember exactly what his response – it was like, it was like, I, I keep my personal life personal, but, like, uh-huh. what we're about to talk about was very public. So, yes. obviously, that part's okay to talk about. She wouldn't yes. have shouted – I mean, he didn't say, I'm I'm adding this part. But she wouldn't have shouted yeah. basically his name – not his name, but exactly. close enough yes. if she didn't want to talk about it. So exactly. he's being very respectful of letting it out as she – wants it to be out, you know. Um, And speaking of her and what she lets out about her love life, it's been interesting because on the one hand, she has been somewhat private about Mm -hmm. her love life except for her song lyrics, Yes, right? So a lot of times we kind of find out after the fact, right? After she's sort of processed and written about it. Yeah. So on the one hand, we know a lot about her her previous love life, but on the other hand, it's a very... um, orchestrated an intentional perspective that she's given us you yes. know over the years so I have another clip for you um that I just adore and it's just her being hilarious over the years um, in interviews talking about her song lyrics and boys that she's dated and basically it's just getting to relive the last decade to 12 years 12 13 years of her growing up and mm-hmm. dating, just like all of us did, and going through the rough patches and the good patches, and all of that leading up to what we're all hoping is her prince charming right now. <laughs> so let's talk about this, and then, um, or let's listen to it rather, and then we'll talk about it.
1: If guys, don't want me to write bad songs about them, then. They shouldn't
2: do bad things. I also want to thank the person who inspired this song who knows exactly who he is because now I got one of these. Thank you so much. The only time
0: that's been an issue is when I was like going through a really bad breakup with the guy and he's like, you better not write about this. And I'm like, oh, I won't. Did you? Yes. Have you ever regretted writing a song about one of your exes? Never. Never,
2: ever, ever? No, because you don't write a song about them unless you know There's that you reason. don't really want to know them anymore. <laughs>
1: Well, I was excited when they asked me to come and present this award because no one knows more about dramatic males than I do. Yeah. I've had a guy be like, you're not going to write about this, are you? I'm like, yeah, I am. It's like when I find that person that, that is, is right for me and is, he'll be wonderful, and when I look at that person, I'm not even going to be able to remember the boy who broke up with me over the phone in 25 seconds when I was 18. Okay. That was Joe Jonas. Is,
0: is that who <laughs> – yeah. I, I, the funny yeah. thing is I wanted to ask you on some of them. Like the first one when she's like, I'd like to thank the guy who – That was, was Harry, that Harry Styles. Styles. Okay. Yeah. I thought that one was Harry Styles. I didn't know. I was like, okay, she's got her curly hair in that last one. So that's got to be one of the early ones. And I think
1: she performed I Knew You Were Trouble when she had me- made that comment too um and it would always clip to harry styles in the crowd and he was just like <laughs> oh <my> god <laughs> that's so good so so you know we've
0: we've gotten to I, I think that that explains a little bit of our desire for her when we say mm-hmm. our girl's getting her happy ending because yeah. we've seen the lineup to that yeah. what what would you do you agree with that what would you think about that
1: um yeah i do i i've seen that so many times i was like lip singing it i could t- <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. I think that's so funny because I think that goes even deeper because you know just because we just talked about him, but it's not like Harry Styles hasn't sang songs about Taylor Swift. You can see parallels in some of their songs to each other, right? And no one is saying anything about that. He's not having to go on and defend himself, and that's not what his whole interviews are about—is defending himself ver- against his songwriting about Mm -hmm. his experiences, Um, she has had to do that time and time again. And she's not the only woman that has had to do that. But she's, I think, the one that people think about most when they think about uh, she's writing another song about guys again, which is why she did 1989 and tried to make it more all about friends and, you know— not talking so specifically like she does in Red and Speak Now and Fearless About Guys and calling them out. Right. Um, But, I mean, that's the whole point of their songwriting is to get those feelings out. And she writes them in a way that is specific yet vague enough for her fans to be able to relate to, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, But kind of going into that point is a point that I had mentioned to you that, you know, her getting her love story now um is so cool because now, you know, when she first started doing her Eros tour and she would sing the song Lover, you could see her, like, disassociating yeah. during the song because that was about Joe Alwyn and that whole album was about him. Um, and were they,
0: from what you know of the timeline, were they broken up when she started the Eros tour? Or, like, did they break th- up before?
1: I think they might have broken up, like, right at the beginning of it.
0: Gotcha, okay. Yeah,
1: and so, or at least it, it was put out there. yeah. That who knows it what had hap- really happened but. exactly because people speculate Midnight's is actually a breakup album. Oh uh, okay. Yeah. And so now she's singing these songs and you can see the life back in her eyes when she's singing these and she's singing her intentional surprise songs like the night before Travis was there, singing these intentional songs about I mean she's got a song um I think that that's what she's sang on that the night before was um it's called slut, but it's actually like a oh, love yeah, song. Yeah. And I think that she sang that song the night before, but it's this cute love song, which you wouldn't ever expect (laughs) out of that title. I didn't think it was going to be that. But now she gets to relive these songs in a perspective that her fans get to listen to these songs Mm -hmm. and relate to these songs. You know, she wrote them about somebody else, but now she's making new memories through the heiress tour with them. Um, But now she's got somebody else that she can think about in these songs and not have to disassociate. Right When right. she's singing these love songs because she's got someone she can't sing them to. Oh,
0: I love that. I have yeah. seen some really fun side-by-sides of, mm-hmm. you know, her performing a certain song yeah. years ago versus performing it now or even, like you said, from the beginning of the Ares Tour to now. Uh, yeah. Um, Okay, so we talked a lot about Taylor and why we love her and why she's amazing mm-hmm. and how she relates to fans. So let's talk. move on to Travis a little bit. So uh-huh. I should say, now you're a football fan, so, uh-huh. so you have more validity in that regard than I do. I am not. Um, I don't know anything about <laughs> football. So when I talk about Travis Kelsey, I am talking only about, like, the human fun part of him that uh-huh. I get to see on the podcast and the uh-huh. uh, TikTok and all that. So that's the part I care about, like him and Jason's relationship and all that. So I'm not talking yeah. about football. Um, but— I have two clips uh, that – so we'll play one first and then talk about it and then play the second one. The first one I think almost as important, at least to me, almost as important as Taylor and Travis's relationship is Travis and Jason's relationship. Yes. Um, because I love them. Okay? Uh-huh. So this is a clip that was actually from back from right after the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. And it was Travis and Jason talking about uh, – just debriefing about Super Bowl Ugh. on New Heights, yeah. Um, and this, for me, is when I started to arguably fall in love with the Kelsey boys. Oh my gosh, Kelsey were boys. they crying? Is it about? Oh, just get ready. We'll probably be in tears when it's over. I'm sure you've heard it. <laughs> I will say. Oh, let me. I will say. I uh, trimmed a little bit for brevity on this. Okay. So I cut out a couple of small things.
3: I did say one thing. I told you it was the funnest year of my life.
0: Yeah, it was a great time.
3: To see this script, or however you want to call it, play out like it did, and to be set schedule every single week to talk it over with you, man. That was something I could have never drew up. I could have never expected it to be this damn fun, man. The crazy part is I would never be playing this damn game if it wasn't for you.
4: Stop. Yes, you would.
3: It's the truth, man. I followed your footsteps into it when you started playing football. So you started playing hockey, I started playing hockey, you started playing football, I started playing football. I've kind of just been following your footsteps throughout this whole gig and to go through everything leading up to this moment or leading up to this year and then having the year that we had and then meeting you at the mountaintop brother it was like we were on top of that thing together man
4: yeah the moment i saw mom is when i got really emotional because man it was so awesome it was awesome for you know she was on top of the world for for a week
3: she was the heavyweight champ man she was on top of it, and she shined the whole time. Man, that was that was the coolest part. Mom, you absolutely killed it. Dad, you've been killing it. Yep, it was just so cool,
4: man, to see uh, you know her get to celebrate in that with us.
3: Yeah, I'm with you, brother.
4: It was an awesome moment. <sighs> just so happy for her, and so happy that um, you know she got her moment. Dad got his. So, yeah, I was the only, ironically, you know, you've, you lose the Super Bowl. And you're, you're crying after the game. And they're not tears of sadness. You know, they're tears of joy.
0: I was right. Caitlin's over here, you know, dabbing her tears. The only reason I'm not tearing up is because I've watched this so many times. I've desensitized myself uh-huh. to it at this point. Uh-huh. Um, but for me and I think I think this is what we're all seeing is um the complete opposite of toxic masculinity right these boys because I will tell you part of the uh part of the trimming that I did on that on that clip was when he start when Jason starts crying there's actually probably a good 20 seconds of silence where he's just trying to pull himself together mm-hmm. and I cut that because this is mostly an, a podcast. And so without the facial expressions of seeing it, it's it's just awkward. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. But when you watch the video of it, what I love is that Travis sits in it with him. Like mm-hmm. Travis has no problem sitting there waiting for Jason to get it together. And he ends up tearing up obviously at the end too. But like they seem so comfortable yeah. emitting intense emotion with each other yeah. and to the world obviously. Um, So what do you think about that? I mean, I think the way he approaches his family is so different than what we're used to seeing and what people are used to encouraging males to behave.
1: I agree. Um, And when you say that and, like, omitting, like, intense emotion, I feel like being football players, you have to be able to do that. I mean, that's what you're doing out on the football field at that caliber of being in the NFL. Um, You have to be able to do that to get— the job done and get paid at the end of the day yeah. Um, because if you're not putting your whole heart and emotion into it and finding that purpose to be out on the field doing that, you're not going to make an impact for the team. So you have to be able to do that. And they've been in sports their whole lives to be able to get to that point. But then um, I think that that ultimately shows just how well their upbringing was by their parents um, you know, you, if you've not seen the Kelsey documentary on Amazon prime, I haven't yet. Jason I've heard Kelsey, so many things
0: about it, but I, I want to watch it.
1: You should, if you haven't, um, I was crying like crazy, um, <laughs> because it does go through that whole thing. It has that clip in there from the new heights podcast. And, um, I mean, they talk about their upbringing in that and, um, you know, their rela- their parents relationship together. It's not like it was perfect right. by any means. Um, in fact, I think that they were separated but lived in the same house.
0: Yeah, that's what I, Yeah, cuz I just learned very recently that they're not together now. Yeah. And that they
1: But you would never know that. And yeah. I think that's important and they always put their children first and that was the example that they had growing up for parents. And um and they want to give that back in some way and repay their parents for, you know, how well they raised them basically and um I mean, I think that that really just shows how well they were raised basically yeah is their ability to be able to do that as giant men <laughs> <Yeah>. playing football <laughs> you yeah, know it's, it's it's
0: funny actually because you said that about like they have to be able to express emotion because they're football players they have to go out and be intense and whatever uh-huh. and and you're right and yet i found myself thinking i've n- never made that connection like i, th- uh-huh. I look at their like physical in the moment, toughness on the field, Uh I would have always considered that as separate Uh from like emotionally letting things out. Uh But now that you say that, it's really not probably. I mean, it's really very similar. Like they have to be mentally in it as well. Mm -hmm. So there's probably more of a connection there than I, than I would think. But either way, we haven't seen most football players doing that. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: I think that you, you know, to add to that I think that you have to have that connection emotionally because you're out there protecting your team who is also your family and you know I when I say that I think about Damar Hamlin oh yeah and how he went into cardiac arrest on the field and that's the kind of you. Know, I mean and you see the whole stadium not just the bills but you see the rest of the, the other team you know being out there and being emotional and knowing that this is deeper than just playing some football. Right. You right. know, these people are depending on this game for the livelihoods of their families. Some of these people it's helped them come out of dark places probably and their upbringings. And um and uh, yeah, at the end of the day they're doing this to feed their families mm-hmm. or to help other people. Um that maybe Growing up, they didn't have the abilities that they do now because of the game of football. So
0: um,
1: there's a much deeper connection. than
0: I hadn't thought about that. I I love that you brought that up. Um, Okay, so honestly, I could talk about Jason and Travis all day, (laughs) but I won't. Um, But I will, however, have us listen to one more New Heights uh, clip Uh because I love it. Um, This one is more related to how he and his brother both talk about Taylor. So this is the Argentina debrief, which I guarantee you have already heard, but we'll listen to it together anyway. (laughs) So this is the debrief right after he had been at the game or at the game at the concert Uh uh, and all of that.
4: How does it feel to officially be the guy on the chiefs?
3: (laughs) You mean karma? Yeah, no, I had no clue. Might have had a little bit of a clue. Definitely when I heard it come out of her mouth still shocked me. I was like, "Oh, sh-. she really just said that." All right. You were so shocked you left Scott hanging. <sighs> Scott's over here looking for a high five. Mr. Swift, I apologize, big guy. I never miss a high five too. Big high five guy. It's the most electric thing you can do at an event. He even had your Chiefs
4: lanyard on.
3: Got him over here to the good side, baby. What are we doing, Scott? One by one getting all the good ones to come on over, man.
4: You're going to let this man's devilishly good looks and relationship with your daughter sway you from a <laughs> lifetime of <laughs> fandom, Scott?
3: That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Might have persuaded him at dinner the night before when I met him. No, did you? Uh, maybe. Who knows? He's a huge football guy. He played college ball. What position? I think he was a linebacker. Linebacker turned center. Ironically enough, we'll have to
4: get together and talk some center shop one day.
3: All right, now for those of you who haven't seen uh, all the videos of me on your TikTok and your Instagram feed, I was enjoying myself down there in Buenos Aires. The show was uh, even more electric, knowing that I had a, a little bit more to enjoy. For Taylor, absolutely ripped it. She. Kept Killed it.
4: Well, I'll tell you what. It was a lot of fun. Watching it through social media take place. It's a lot of fun seeing the look on your face. So I'm glad that you enjoyed it.
3: we got to get you to a concert, man.
0: I would love to go.
3: I'm telling you, man. It, it'll blow you away. It'll absolutely blow you away, man. All
0: right. So what are your favorite moments in that clip? I have so many little things that jumped out at me. What are your favorite bits?
1: I love how giddy he gets just mm-hmm. talking about her. I mean, you can just tell that this is different. Mm-hmm how they interact with each other and in the public and everything. I love how supportive he is. I mean, he goes there, and when you watch the clips of him watching her perform at the concert, I mean, you can just tell it's like hashtag proud boyfriend moment. He knows the words. He's singing along. Yeah, yeah. interacting with her dad, um, laughing with him and high-fiving him. And um, I mean, obviously, I love the running up and the kiss, but... I think what I loved, too, was when she said Karma is the guy on the Chiefs, Um, you know, there's the clip of him like, oh, my gosh, like, shaking his head like I had a feeling, but I can't believe she actually said it.
0: Yeah, he does, like, the proposal thing, like, you know, when (laughs) girls put their hands on their face. Like, he does absolutely that. It kills me. He
1: does that. And then – but her on stage, you know, she knew and she had been looking at him the whole concert, like, making, like – depending on whatever she was singing, she would give him a little nod or a wink or look at him. But then she chuckles when she says that because she knows how he's going to respond. But then you see all of her dancers like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize she was going to do that. Um, yeah, I
0: saw some really good angles that got her dancers faces that were really yes. fun.
1: Um, as far as the relationship between the brothers, I think that I like that even when he's trying to – give a slight to Travis he's still complimenting him by saying this guy with his devilishly devilishly good looks right and everything um yeah they're so nice to each other my cheeks hurt as if I'm the one in the relationship
0: (laughs) I know Uh, it's weird it's very weird yeah Yeah. no, I'm sitting here I've been married for 13 years and Uh I love my husband but I'm still in love with this relationship (laughs) it's so strange percent parasocial relationships are weird man but No, I also – let me think of the other things that jumped out at me. Um, I love that he said Mr. Swift. I just thought that was really sweet and respectful. And also, I I haven't seen people talk about this part, but for some reason it was my favorite part. Mm-hmm. The fact that he was sad that he turned out or that he missed He turned down the, the high five. And he says <laughs> – A high five is the most electric thing you can do at an event. I was like,
1: I agree. I love high fives. And then let me pull this up. If you go back and look at her Instagram post after the tour, she made a little nod to Travis in her caption. Oh, my gosh.
0: I have not seen this.
1: I have to find this. Please stand by momentarily. Stand by and hold. Okay. Um, She said, where did she say it? Oh. I'd never been to Argentina before and they gave us the most electric magical memories. Oh and he says things are electric all the time. He does. He says that yeah. a lot. Yes. So she it's almost like a little nod to That's precious. To Travis in that, that sense. Ugh. Oh. Yes. Okay. Oh and and um in one of her songs, um, in The Archer, um, she kind of repeats like who will stay. Um you will or you could stay and the whole crowd was holding up we will stay signs. Travis was holding up a we will stay he did? sign cuz the whole song is about anxiety and like having anxieties in a relationship and can my partner like withstand my anxieties and stick around through the relationship. Essentially in her perspective when she's singing it at the concert it's like you know the fans will stay and they stay with me through all of these things but then you see a picture of Travis holding up the we will stay sign which I thought was Adorable. Oh, I missed that
0: somehow. Or maybe I even saw it but just didn't understand the reference entirely. Yeah. But I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so as we kind of close up, so first of all, let me say thank you for coming on. Yeah. Um, I've literally been looking forward to this all week long. I have been me too. giddy, excited about it. I don't know if everyone else will like listening to us talk about it, but at the very <laughs> least, we have very much enjoyed talking about it. <laughs> so it's for us, really. Yes. Um, but two things that I, uh, that I wanted to discuss, and actually one kind of leads into the other, I suppose, is I was going to ask you to do some forecasting for us, right? Because okay. tomorrow the Eagles and the Chiefs play, right? Yes. So there's been a lot of questions there as opposed, like, people have said, you know, oh, maybe the parents are going to meet, maybe whatever. Um, so I was going to ask you what you thought about that, but there's also this new thing with her concert in yes. Brazil. Brazil? Yes. Yeah, okay. So yeah. so tell, tell me, because I only know bits and pieces of it, tell us or explain to us what happened in Brazil because mm-hmm. now she probably won't be able to come to the game, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. tell us why.
1: So she's been performing in Rio, so it was, um, what day is it? Um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is what it was supposed to be. But now it's Friday, Sunday, Monday that she's performing. Um, so she performed on Friday night in Rio. Um, and it's extremely hot there. Right. Um, but it's like I was reading a lot of comments of people saying, oh, well, I went to a concert in Texas. It was 107 degrees. Well, sir, what I have to say to that is you had water. Right. Fans were waiting outside of this arena for... Several hours. I mean, because they were waiting outside for several hours because in this stadium, it's, like, GA on the floor. There's no seats. So people can run in Uh and stand wherever they want to on the floor versus, like, in the United States, they've had seating specifically for you on the floor. So in this case, fans are waiting outside for several hours to be able to run in and find their GA section on the floor. Um, So it was extremely hot And there was no water points provided by the arena or the stadium that they were performing in. And you can't bring that stuff in? They weren't allowing allowing water at all in the stadium. Wow. Yeah. So there were fans in there. And the day before, on Thursday, the heat index was 137. Jeez. So putting that into perspective how it was on Friday, and people probably did have water, but then they ran out and the stadium wasn't allowing it. During the actual concert on Friday night— um, Taylor's team were the only ones out trying to get water as much as they could out to people um, and trying to get people in Rio to bring them more water. But the Rio stadium security wasn't helping. They were just standing around. So there were people passing out during the concert. Ta- you, there's a clip of Taylor taking one of her water bottles and chucking it into the crowd mm-hmm. to give one of the fans water. Um, but more importantly, before the concert, there was a 23-year-old um, Anna is her name, I believe. and she passed away because of the heat before so like when she was waiting when to she go was waiting. Okay, she, went heard... car- she went into cardiac arrest because gotcha. of overheating and not being able to get any water. There were no water points to fill up water. They weren't like trying to help any of that. Jeez. Um, and so she ended up passing away before the concert. That was on Fr- on that was on Friday, Friday night. Taylor had announced that like she had put something up on her story and said that she wasn't going to talk about it on Saturday night because she doesn't handle grief well. Um, And then Saturday, people had already been, I think, let into the stadium, and then she had announced that she was going to go ahead and postpone the concert on Saturday night because of the heat. So therefore, she's postponing it to Monday night. So she won't be at the game on Monday. Mm -hmm. Chiefs versus Eagles at Arrowhead, but that doesn't mean that her parents might not be there, but I assume that her parents or one of them – is with her
0: probably in Rio
1: I mean they're part of her team so I imagine that they won't be there but prior to all this happening there was very good speculation that it was like almost confirmed that her parents were going to be meeting his parents at the game because it's a whole family affair right on Monday night so I don't think that's going to be happening now but I know there's a lot of Eagles fans who are very happy about that Uh, Chiefs fans aren't as happy because that means that the line basically like the projection of who's going to win versus lose by so many points, um, that means that it will go down for the Chiefs, meaning people are speculating they won't win by as much or won't win. That is what it is because there's been statistics that Travis is very obviously playing better when Taylor's is around. Um, so that won't be happening. In fact, in Philadelphia – Radio stations are boycotting Taylor Swift. Like they're not. I heard that. they're not playing Taylor Swift at all. <clears throat> is it like multiple stations are yes. doing this?
0: Yeah. That's wild, man. I know. I know. I think it's a little too much.
1: A little too much. I do too.
0: But, I get being tired of it, but but I think there's some it?
1: hypocrisy in a lot of things yeah. that are going on.
0: Yeah, I agree. And let's talk about this for a second. I realize we're at a minute and three seconds, or a minute, an hour and three minutes. <laughs> A minute and three seconds would be very short. <laughs> An hour and three minutes. But here's the thing. Uh, you know, as a Swifty, you know your fan base has been made fun of by, let's just say it, typically men, uh-huh. for getting so excited, for going dressing up for the Eras Tour, for all these things, right? They, like, laugh and they act like it's silly. But these are the same dudes that go and tailgate and paint their chests and wear jerseys of their favorite players. Like, to how game. is that
1: any different? It's right. not. How it... Psh- I don't know. Oh, and listen, like my husband, he was n- he's what he's not critical at all of it, but he also was like he didn't understand it from like this perspective of a, of a musician because he's like I don't really have a musician that I, you know, just kind of latch onto like you do Taylor Swift like right. basically help me ex- help explain this to me help me understand. I love that. And I was like, okay, so let's talk about the Chiefs and how every Sunday. We're sitting down and we're watching the Chiefs, baby, uh-huh. and we're, no matter what, going to go to a Chiefs game, one Chiefs game at least every season, try and go to a postseason game, um, all of these things. And, you know, you get your Chiefs jersey or other fans do, and some fans even go crazier. I'm like, that's what it is except for Taylor. It's like, oh, okay. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but now absolutely. to have our worlds, since I wasn't a Chiefs fan like prior to him, mm-hmm. you know, I – at this point, it's been ten years, so I wouldn't call myself a bandwagoner necessarily. But <laughs> he definitely knows a lot more, of course, than he knows as much about the Chiefs and sports and everything that I do, Taylor. So, um, I I just think it was like the moment, I guess, to wrap it up was uh, when she was first seen at Arrowhead Stadium. We're sitting on the couch, and you know, they had been there had been talks of like. Not her showing up to the game, but just like them dating. And so I'm sitting there. I'm kind of scrolling my phone. It's a Sunday morning. And I'm like, oh, OK, like I'll watch the Chiefs, but I'm kind of tired. Um, and then all of a sudden they say something about TMZ is here because Taylor is up in the crowds. And I stop and I go, what? And my husband was in the kitchen and looks around the corner and goes, What? And we, I just started screaming and he's laughing. And so we're sitting there like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And so now it's like our two absolute favorite things in the world have completely combined, which makes I this like that. not only the connection with my mom of, you know, Taylor Swift throughout the years, but then to have this thing now that's completely combined with my husband's interest and my interest and all of that. It's just been so much fun. There's, I mean, you've got both your
0: family, like, both of the, two, like, most important people in your life uh-huh. brought together through this, and it's Midwest. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, like, we're in Wichita. We're right here in <laughs> Canada. Like, that's, yeah. it, she, like, as you yeah. said earlier, she's kind of in her family now. They exactly. are kind of like Auntie Travis or Uncle Travis and Auntie Taylor, right? Well, I guess yeah. everyone calls her mother, actually, but. Mother. Mother whichever and, way. and dad. Yeah. It's, I can't do that because I'm older than her, so it's weird. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Okay. So thank you again. I think this mm-hmm. has been a lot of fun. Um, uh-huh. And and I know people do find it silly, but what is it? You'll know this quote directly, I'm sure, um, even though I don't know that I can quote it. What is it Taylor says? Something about how, like, the worst thing you – are something about not putting down people for being excited about things. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes.
1: She was in an interview. Oh, I don't remember what the interview was for, but was basically – saying that the worst kind of people are the people that put down others for getting excited about something
0: yeah yeah, like, yeah. I don't think either of us got that exactly right but she was a yeah. heck of a lot closer than I was um <laughs> but yeah and it, it makes me smile because like I said I kind of until you encouraged me I was like I'm not gonna do this podcast episode because no one wants to hear what a 36 year old you know teacher in Wichita thinks about this <laughs> and maybe they don't But I'm excited about it, and you're excited about it, and that's what matters. And it's a great story, and that's what Create Space is all about. So I am being true to what this podcast was made for.
1: My favorite quote from Taylor Swift, I had it on my wall in high school and on a comforter, is, I'm intimidated by the fear of being average. Ooh,
0: oh, that's such a good ending. Yeah. Such a good ending. You're welcome. Thank you again for being here. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you all. This has been maybe one of my all-time favorite episodes in the entire world no i will not stop i will not i will because the episode is over see you next week on create space